Mind of His Show, with me, Sir Dobson, and him, Sir Patton. Today we discuss, is following politics or podcasting a waste of time? Tim. By following politics, I mean reading and listening to a variety of different persons, both living and dead. I include economics, which is more swift than the specialty, as the focus of libertarian as a form of politics. Whether it is or isn't um, by said libertarians is a good question, but this is where Wittgenstein comes in and everyone else is for the win because everyone else views economics as a form of a subset of politics. So therefore, economic discussions are also a form of politics. Um, if you take Moldbug, interestingly, if you take Moldbug, Chomsky, and Paul Gottfried, on one area which they all agree, and I think this is a related area, is that, the, that that sports fanship oftentimes mirror political fanship. Now, this is both a criticism and praise. In a sense, Keith Preston will make fun of it that elections are just no different than the Super Bowl or some World Cup game. You just have two sides rooting against you. That's other, in a sense. Um, it's a sort of orchestrated event. Um, I mean, now, what again, what they disagree about is whether this is a good thing. Chomsky had an old interview. He was actually complaining that you know, he was he sometimes listens to AM radio and they had a sports call in show. And these guys knew all the plays, knew the coaches, knew what might have been a better play in a situation. And Chomsky was saying this is such a waste. Um, and that's sort of partly what I want to get into here. You know, the sort of idea of a waste. Paul Gottfried, in the sense, agrees he had on the Cato Gottfried. They had a, um, a thing. He said that he, he sort of dislikes college and, fo- and, and football fanship in the United States because he thinks. And by football, I mean the game with 100 yards. Um, um, he thinks it's sort of a waste of, of, pa- of waste of power. I think that's actually a good phrase to use it as. It just sort of, you know, it puts them into a, a kind of reservation, shall we say. Um, now, uh, in a sense, in a sense, Chomsky and Gottfried are right, and, and for that matter, Volbug are right in a sense, insofar as, you know, I don't really affect the outcome if I root for a sports team. Um, you know, I, could, I, I I vaguely have a relationship with him so far if I root for a given club that um, I can, you know, by buying cable or maybe buying merchandise or buying tickets. But it's very small. It's an extremely small, like, amount of, you know, money I'll contribute. Now, maybe for the owners, they contribute a lot. And actually, that's more of a – if you look at, like, sports economics, that's actually how they get this. Um, uh, that's how they actually they get a lot of their money in the stadium economics um, using taxpayer dollars to build stadiums. Um, that's another way in which how they get uh, their, their amass their fortunes or IP, of course. So there is a political aspect of the wealth of athletes here. Um, now the players themselves, um, the players themselves, you know, take someone like a Max Scherzer or a Clayton Kershaw. They should focus very much on the sport they're playing. They're baseball players, of course they should, but they are the best players currently. So like. For them, they can focus on that. But the fans, not so much. Now, the question is, is, is now this goes into voting. You know, one of the arguments for like the certain standard social democratic civil Republican line is that you should you should educate yourself so you can vote better. Now, I think this is sort of lame. For one thing, um, for one thing, the parties are kind of the same in a, some sense on some key issues. Um, and uh, the Tom Woods law is whoever you vote for. You get John McCain. Um, and, you know, there's a certain sense that's true. Um, so so this goes back to is is following politics or or podcasting a waste of time. So I started this podcast with you 
I was on Todd Lewis a few times, and then I eventually just started this with you because I sort of wanted to move out of the the the, the out just from outside looking in to the inside looking out. Now we have a fairly small show, but again, we have other commitments. We do other things. Um, we do have other things to do. And in a sense, I would say I'm moving up the um, the, the food chain from passive viewer to uh, to more power, so to speak. Again, we don't have that much power. Um, but I, think, I mean, we can influence some people we know who who listen to the show. We can lay out our arguments and so forth, which I'll get into a final point, which is why I, another benefit here. Um, before I started following politics, I used to be a fairly big baseball fan. I, I watched a lot of the games. I watched almost when I was in high school and college. I, I watched one year. I watched all the games. I knew all many of the players played some fantasy baseball. In the sense, I look back at myself, was I happier doing that than reading all these other things? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, when Chomsky and uh, Paul Gottfried complain about, uh, you know, uh, there, you know, there are uh, people being overly obsessed with sports. It could be in a sort of in sort of a Plato's allegory, a cave analogy that the sports fans in the cave are happy. They're just sort of not very aware of it. Now, you could say, well, you we have a reasonable amount of time. But, the, you know, this is the case where the, the hardcore sports fans um, don't um, the, the hardcore sports fans don't really, uh, so to speak, the, the light fan is sort of a, a mistake. You have the hardcore fans and you have a lot of light fans who just occasionally watch games. The hardcore fans, that's the same way with politics here. At this point, we're sort of like, not to use a pejorative phrase, we follow the game of politics and society and culture pretty closely, at least to the degree, um, at least with some of the older dead thinkers as well. Um, so now Hans Hoppe was asked this question, you know, why did he start the PFS? And does he think um, does he think that what he's doing is a waste of time? Well, as everyone knows, Hans Hoppe started as a Frankfurt schooled Marxist. Um, um, many of his enemies and his friends would point that out. And his things, well, he likes watching. Well, he says, I just follow the truth. Um, that's a terrible Hoppe impersonation, but um, um, he just follows the truth here. I, I largely agree with that claim here. So do the left-wing people. They'll just say, well, that's just the position I hold. I don't hold it for any other reason. He says it gets the kind of enjoyment out of watching failed policies get that get enacted and then fail. Uh, what he views as failed policies. He created, one to, he created the PFS to create a counter elite here. There's probably a kind of Christian message there um, 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 in there. Uh, you know, th that's so that's why I follow politics in a sense. You know, I want to understand the world, not necessarily change the world. That's a Marxist paraphrased Marxist quote. Um, you know, if I happen to change the world, great. If I don't, eh, great. Um, I mean, there might be some kind of deep cynicism in there. Um, you know, I, I do, in a sense, agree the likelihood of changing the world. We did an episode on Nick Land, Mark Fisher, and McIntyre is 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 fairly low um, um, and in a sense there. And I do think conservatives haven't really been able to conserve anything. I don't think the Libertarian Party's a very effective institution here. Um, so like, you know, if you ask me like, what's the alternative what I'm doing? Well, before I was doing sports and I do in a sense think sports on some level is probably a waste of time. Now what's not waste of time, I think, and one of the things I do enjoy about doing this podcast is our, our sort of more broadly societal 
episodes like why do people have children or you know what's the purpose of sex or you know or some of our theological uh, more christian related things i don't think that's a waste of time um i think if you take protestantism seriously that sort of has to happen you have to have sort of you know private civil society organizations even catholicism i think it would agree um you know dispersing or arguing about what christianity is and isn't in a certain society on given issues i think that's very relevant I think that's a very good use of time. So maybe not arguing over the Trump election or or some things like that is a waste of time. I do think it's better than um, I do think it's better than arguing just generically online on like using comment sections. So I do think starting a podcast is an improvement over that, even if you don't get that many views. Um, and finally, I think um, my final point here is I think. One thing that we should be rooting for is take someone like R.C. Sproul. Apparently, R.C. Sproul had a big influence. His favorite influence was John Gerstner. John Gerstner's influence was some of this random country preacher guy from Pennsylvania. Who knew? So, like, you think about the long-term influence. This is the Hayek point. Um, that actually Keynes made the point, but uh, that you know you have these random scribes looking at dead scribes from 200 years ago. You know that that's that's also an influence we should have if an Ancapistan society ever does happen. You know maybe they'll go back and read one of our uh, episode pages just about our descriptions. Who knows? Maybe not. Um, and I'll, I know I said final point, but one one other point is we get improvement in skills. We we speak better now. Again, some people might think I speak quite poorly. I thought I spoke worse before I did this show. Uh, it improves your confidence. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, in a sense, we're getting up and talking in front of, you know, in some cases, 10, in some cases, a thousand people. One of our videos is posting that, approaching that. Um, um, so I do think we get those kind of benefits. I do have to write a few paragraphs. That's, you know, that's a useful skill. If you're not, if you're not publishing it, you don't really check your work in the same way if you're just writing it for your own private enjoyment. Um, so those those skills, you know, in actually starting a podcast now, this is just in following politics, although in following politics, you do have to read or listen carefully to complex, nuanced things generally, at least if you're doing it at a high level. You're not just watching CNN or Fox News. Um, you know, we had terminal philosophy on. He likes to make fun of that. I agree. In a sense, you should. Uh, you should, you know, go a little deeper here. Maybe at least, you know, go to first things or go to like Jacobin. You know, again, you can criticize those publications all you want, but those are some skills of following politics. I do think it's in some sense a step up from sports fanship. Um, so, like, what would I do in place of this? I don't know. I mean, the previous thing I did with my time, it can't be, it can't be another, it can't be some. You know, the econ economist has this substitution of goods theory, which I think is a sort of good idea. Uh, it can't be something that is totally disanalogous to what. It is. It can't be, you know, more work. You know, that that's one of the default things people will do if they don't uh, follow politics is they'll just spend more time working and producing consumer goods. Or so. So there, there is there is like, you know, what's the alternative if you're not like reading, you know, political articles or theological articles or starting a podcast? You know, the what would you do with those five hours a week? I don't know. You could say, well, you could walk more. But then again, this goes this goes back into like it has to be a good replacement. It can't just be a replacement that's totally like something different. So Swithin, I've sort of 
went through why I follow politics and why I wanted to start the show. It is an outlet in a sense from me. But I haven't proved my other skills here. Why do you follow politics? You think it's better than do you think it's better than sports? And why why did you go along with starting this podcast? Or I forget who exactly asked. Swithin? Uh, the re- I think one of the reasons I started it was because, well, as you mentioned before, it started in lockdown and wasn't really very much else to do. Um, I also thought it was a good idea because it gives me motivation to actually read upon topics, which I always thought that I probably should have done, but haven't. Because if you're preparing it for a show, then it actually forces you to do things. So it's it it, it kind of gives you deadlines for things that don't really need deadlines, but forces you to to do them uh, because otherwise you would never really get around to doing it. Um, another reason, I mean. It, we, it gives me an idea, an outlet to to discuss um, a broad range of topics, uh, which I can actually have some reasonably interesting input from you on, um, and guests as well, for that matter. Uh, you mentioned comment sections. I came across comments a, a comment section like a Facebook like page like yes, it was today, and I was so tempted to to go to respond to guy. Can you actually read? Um, the guy commented on this article that how basically that there was the selective teaching of the evils of like the British Empire and like what and uh, sort of American slavery and stuff uh, because like you know the Arabs had them basically everyone else had slaves and this guy says oh you you you, you um you're opposing talking about the bad bits of British history is like you can't read. Or you choose not to read. So I, I think very much staying away from comment sections is probably a very good idea. You could just waste so much time uh, doing it. But a broader question is, though, I suppose, is why am I interested in the topics that uh, we do? So, for instance, um, one of my favorite episodes uh, was the um, is Aristotle right about slavery episode? Um, because slavery is often discussed and oh no slavery is obviously you know just obviously bad it's like well hang on is it really you know is there a case that you can make for it um so i think i i i find i i suppose this would be the way i would frame i think humans i think the intellect in humans is directed towards the truth and different people just have uh depending on their in their sort of iq to a crude measure um have kind of a level of complexity of topic that they kind of go to and then some people are just interested in different areas so i uh, science is okay i find it reasonably interesting but i've always found for instance like economics and politics far more interesting than science which is you know i'm I'm, I'm glad that people do like science and like engineering because bridges are kind of quite useful uh, but I, I don't find them particularly intellectually interesting. Um, so I think there's just a, a, the nature of um, uh, the intellect that it's um, focused on the truth of something. The question is, what is that thing? And I think that just depends on the individual. Um, it d- depends on the issue of what they, they find interesting. I suppose I, I, I like politics and economics. It's like a system. I like things to be consistent. And be built up from like um, uh, consistent premises, which is why I think 
I was attracted to Austrian economics to some extent um, and what you could consider basically non-empiricist well, in the sort of 18th century onwards sort of uh, philosophical stuff. It's like empiricism is stupid. Like this, this is just ad hoc um, rationalization stuff. There's no real sort of genuine thought. No, but obviously this is a, an overgeneralization, et cetera, but you, you'd see the point. Now, um, when it comes to sort of like party politics, you know, do I follow that? I, I, I kind of follow it a little bit, but I don't follow it nearly as close as I used to because there's nothing you can do about it. And I suppose this is one of the reasons why being, as it were, broadly speaking, politically aware is bad because, well, you see, hang on, that's a really, really bad idea. Why are they doing it? I think this is where you just have to get to a position of going, well, I can't actually at the moment particularly influence it. I may as well just focus on what I I, I, I can do now to, I don't know, was it Joe Osteen's book, Your Best Life Now or something. You know, um, focusing far too much on something outside of your control is not a particularly good thing, which is why I think most some sports fans get really um, insane, especially when they're, they're all engrossed by how bad their team is and how terribly managed they are. It's like, eh, you can't really do anything about this. Why are you allowing something that's so far out of your control to affect the way you behave? Um, and it's not even as if the, the government was locking you in your house and arresting you if you left. It was like a case your sports team is doing badly. Um, and so there the, the are problems of um, of, of um, following and being aware in this way. But I, I think it then just... I think after time you just have you have to generate some sort of um, sense of uh, remoteness and detachment from the political process and go, well, actually, can't do anything about that. I may as well write about how it should do. And then hopefully some people who do actually have some influence may listen eventually or change. Um, and I suppose if you're someone who might be good at sort of political activism, although I'm generally dubious of the uh, certainly for the for the non-left at present, the political activism is actually pretty, has much uh, benefit outside possibly certain narrow uh, ranges of things. So um, that would be, I'd say, the, the reason I think politics, I, 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 as it were, follow politics. I think human interaction and the structure which would be um the best possible or the least bad whatever you want to describe it social arrangement would be um i i find inherently interesting i suppose as well from my perspective with this with, with politics in general i want to explain why not telling me what i should do all the time is a good idea uh because increasingly in the uk as in america um the space for sort of individual decision making and responsibility becoming ever and ever narrower so i suppose that is at least helpful even if ultimately it's a tragic failure um that you know you can at least explain you know why for instance so the department of education shouldn't be telling me everything i do with my children or how the department for health shouldn't do be prescribing what diet i feed my children etc so th th those would be some uh, broad brush strokes on the um reasons i would follow politics so I'll combine the next two questions. I think they're similar. And I'll sort of answer quick. I've sort of outlined my answer somewhat. 
what are the costs of being politically aware? What are the benefits? And would you be happier if you didn't follow quote unquote politics? Again, you could, I'm sort of inferring this broadly here. Um, to go back to the, the, the COVID policies, there's certain, there, you know, there's a certain, to a certain extent, I, um, if I didn't know about it, um, if I didn't know, if I, if I just believe what everything that CNN said, um, would I be happier? You know, well, for one thing, if I lived in a big city, I think I would have to, to some extent, believe it or else be a really, really good cynic, uh, an extremely good cynic, just to sort of mask up. Um, someone, there's an old Tom Woods show on H.L. Mencken, what H.L. Mencken did in World War I. Um, and I think, uh, I forget the guy, that's a PFS guy. Um, and the, uh, he was, you know, he basically had to sort of butter up and just shut up about this topic here and he couldn't write anything. Um, so, so there are certain topics where, you know, if there is a mass, you know, if there's a lot of public propaganda going to or a goal or something, I mean, you can laugh at it, you can make jokes about it, if, of course, that's illegal to do. Um, but there's sort of, on certain policies, there's a sort of limit of what you can actually do. You could go full Julian Assange and start WikiLeaks. But, you, you know, if you don't want to end up in a Belmarsh prison, although I think what Julian Assange did was um, honorable here. So there's certain topics where if you if you become aware of something and you think it's stupid uh, and you think it's or, or even worse it's evil um not just mere stupidity um you know th there might be limited things to do and if you do know about it and you can't do those things or you don't think those things are worthy to do in your situation let's say you have kids or let's say you want to do something else with your life um you know to go you know you know a lot of people say well wearing a mask is a very small thing and I'm like okay Okay, and you know, you know, I was on an airplane. I'm not. I wore it. So, but you know, in other circumstances, I didn't wear it. I didn't wear it very properly, and I wasn't really afraid of it. Um, so that's that's I guess he's a use. Although although you know, I do get some um, pushback from certain authorities and things like that that I, you know, wasn't properly wearing it. So, and I have gotten into sort of you know fights online, of course, over you know the efficacies of taking vaccines and boosters. So this goes back to the hopper line. You, you see a failed policy and you see it fail. You get a kind of enjoyment out of it. Although during it, you're sort of a political outcast in a sense, um, especially in certain circles. So those those are those are some real costs here um, to being politically aware. This goes back to the cave analogy. You know, one of the things I have always thought were the people in the cave happy. Um, um, and it's like, well, it seems like the mass people are happy. There's plenty of people that don't clearly don't follow the news at all um, or anything, which is which, you know, this seems interesting here. The people that don't do it now, that might be less true now than it was. Maybe the Amish, although supposedly Amish, when they go to the like grocery stores, they'll just spend all time watching Fox News. Um, um, so 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 it could be that that they aren't really this sort of. Um, out as much of an out group as they think they are. And they probably illicitly use phones too. There are reports of that. There's a documentary about it. I thought that I got to kick out of that. So um, Swithin, would you be happier um, if you didn't, if you didn't do this? I, I think that's a sort of misuse of the word happy. Um, if I said that, although maybe, maybe not, because, you know, I think, I think there's a certain higher, to just go back to the ancient Greeks. I think there's a higher, or acquiring so there's a higher good in knowing something to be, you know, true, even though in the short term it might bring you grief, so to speak, um, from the authorities or or the surrounding society here. Uh, you know, like look, 
look, you know, like take Julian Assange here. Julian Assange released the documents that detailed the Iraq war logs and things like that. He brought about things. Now, we don't do that necessarily. Um, we we've interviewed a guy on him. Um, we've publicly defended him, um, not publicly, publicly, but like publicly in the sense on the Web. Um, so I think that's useful here, uh, you know, but would you be happier and what would you be doing um, otherwise? Well, that, that's the fourth question. Forget that one. Um, just what are the costs of being politically aware? What are the benefits? Would you or be happy if you were, you know, so to speak? I think what I forget the pill blue pilled or or um, um, what, uh, yeah. What would you be happier if you didn't know anything? If that's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's an int- it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think given unless I could find another outlet that I found as interesting on like a systematic basis. Um, maybe I could just devote my time to, I don't know, epistemology or metaphysics or something, maybe. Um, but um or aesthetics possible. I, I, I potentially could see me going aesthetic. But the thing is that even going on like the metaphysical and the um and the aesthetics and stuff, you you you're gonna end up hitting sort of ethics at some point of some description. And then that is just getting you back into the same game again. Um you know, how should you live? Uh how and how should you live and, and and how you should live and having the best like a virtuous or flourishing life when you want to describe it um you know it's going to depend on the, the the sort of social conditions in which you're raised and that depends what other people do and you're asking the same question so um uh, i don't know i i think in a sense i'm doomed to investigate politics in a way now would i be happy if i didn't well possibly in that I'd be going hmm, okay well insofar as I, I might just take my time away from the news and do something else uh, because the, the news is just horrendous but actually though even though you, I am sort of relatively politically aware I don't actually watch the news anymore I have I, I, I did have the BBC's news app but then I just got increasingly fed up of it during 2020 and as I, I just blit, I just, uh, I just got rid of it. And now the only thing I have is the Epoch Times, uh, which I picked only because it was some relatively non-mainstream app which gave me broad world news. Uh, and I flick through that once a morning, and I see a couple of articles on Facebook here and there. But that's it. So, so in a way, I don't follow it because, especially if you're like my mother. Uh, follows politics and then just gets angry at the radio all the time. It's like th- th- there's no point. Just you don't like them, you think they're talking rubbish. Just switch them off, right, and just do something else. So I, I, I certainly do think there are people who focus far too much, especially on party politics. That's ridiculous. Unless you're some sort of See, community Swithin, organizer. Think, I'm a quick interrupt here. If you don't mind, Swithin here. I think this is where an instance where sports fans is actually superior to political fanship. Because occasionally the team wins, and occasionally good policy, and occasionally you know they they score a goal, they hit a field, you know, occasionally they win, and they get a lot of utiles of enjoyment out of it. With politics, especially once you get into the more extreme fringes, you're always losing. Uh, although, by definition. although you could you you could you could say that the uh, 
well, to what extent is a victory is another question. Uh, but you could say, ah, Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And so that's uh, that gives some of the uh, at least of the pro-life for some sort of hope for the first time in 50 years. Now, of course, it could be re-overturned and whatever. But uh, I think people do it because that's why 2016 was good. That's why uh, every, well, on the more radical ends in certain respects, everyone liked 2016 because Brexit happened and the establishment in America got stuffed a little bit. Uh, but then everything went back to normal thereafter. So uh, in recent years, you could argue there have been some mild victories. But I would agree, <laughs> at least if you've got a terrible side, you will score a goal at least once a season. Um, so that's um, that's more than you get as a uh, as a Republican or a, like a conservative party um, sort of fan, as it were. Um, or or for that matter, as a Marxist or anarchist. I mean, <laughs> the same the same thing applies. I mean, the Democrats here in the United States, if you're a Marxist and this is this sense I've I've internalized certain messages here. Like they're not a Marxist party. They're not going to organize the labor into a revolution. We've done an episode on that. Uh, but, but yeah, so yes. I th- that time, I think they're both the sports fanship. It's a I mean, Moldbug calls it like honest political masturbation is sports fanship in a sense that, you know, that you, you know, that you don't it's not you use the word there or we. You say don't use the word we, but also don't use the term we when you're talking about like the government as well. Uh, I think that's a useful insight here. So, so, but, but keep going. I, sorry for interruption. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think some people would be, would be better off. No, no. One of the advantages of of knowing it, I mean, interesting politics is, I think you do find, um, you do go into topics you otherwise may not have thought were worthwhile, and then can impact. Uh, your own life so for instance I can't remember how I got into oh no the how how I got into education was that I needed to get a job so I did uh, in teaching because I I it was a way I could get a decent job a decent ish job after I was married but um, insofar as I thought it was is I suppose insofar as being teacher but I could see how someone might be interested in uh, the politics and go oh look at education and then oh look how bad education is as something like a political sort of more general party political standpoint but then that could be a um a jumping off point for going well okay what would a good education look like how could you best do that and then you might not then just follow the same paths as everybody else does and then um you and your children may be better off as a result of it on the flip side, of course, being politically aware might mean that you're uh, somewhat less easy to, well, you might be less pliable to the corporate hierarchy and therefore not climb up as easily. Now, no, that's not a one-to-one correlation uh, with politics and stuff. But I don't know, maybe the firm's involved in some sort of lobbying of some description, like, well, no, this is a bad idea, even if it's good for the company. It's like, well, we don't like you because we're going to do stuff that's good for the company. Um so uh, I think there can be individual benefits, uh, but I say there do tend to be a lot of costs. I, 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 I think with politics, you just need to get what you can out of it without it turning you into a complete misanthrope. Um, is as I say, to um, develop some sort of stoic detachment 
from it and treat it as absurd and laugh at it um, of the current state of things. I think that's the only real way you can go. Otherwise, you turn into Peter Hitchens, who seems to be permanently glum. Interesting. So what would you do? I mean, Peter Hitchens views himself as writing the obituary for Britain. Um, what would you do if you weren't doing this with your time? And I'm talking about the little, like, the hour or two where, in some sense, the literal hour or two we're doing to record the show and the pre-episode discussion. Um, economists have this idea, which I think is one of the more useful economist ideas, a substitution of goods theory. So, like, cutting the grass or, you know, trimming hedges or, I don't know, that that's not really a substitution. That, I mean, it needs to be something intellectual here. That's why sports fanship at a high level, I, I, I that's sort of replaced in a sense with it. And actually, sports led to politics, and oftentimes politics leads sports in, in a sense, uh, because some of the better analysis of sports end up being, quote-unquote, vaguely political, insofar as if you want to analyze what, what, what teams are better than other teams, you have to start looking into, well, what, what are better managers, you know, what are better methods of selecting players, drafting players, free agents, and then, and then like Nate Silver, for example, got his start, who's 538 guy, um, um, got his start in baseball, for example. That's actually the first time I've heard of his name. And then, and then Nate Silver had a debate, not a debate with a capital D, but sort of various Twitter disputes with Nassim Taleb. Um, that's one of the ways in which I found Nassim Taleb here, uh, because and in a sense, that's that that that's that's one of the ways in which you know, there's a lot of pipes between the two here. And some of them are more unfortunate here. Like, you know, Alex Berenson was complaining that like Sports Center has like, you know, like the hosts themselves were telling people to get vaccinated. That's kind of annoying. And I agree that is annoying. Um, you know, I you know, the, the flag thing is a kind of annoying thing as well. Uh, you know, in some sense, I'm more like in some sense, like at times I approach Walter Block territory where Walter Block does not stand for the uh, national anthem sometimes. Um, um, so, you know, this is this is horseshoe theory in action here, although I don't actually I, I you know, it's a ni- it's a nice song, shall we say. Um, so the substitution of goods here, you know, you can't you know, I guess I could focus more on theological debates and things like that. That's sort of similar domain there. Um, but I I don't find them as interesting as maybe as interesting as I put on. But you know I'm I'm sort of interested po- politics is interesting because it's sort of like you know what do we do here on Earth question here, uh, and you know you know and it's sort of related to culture too, you know and history, um, and those are the more interesting topics to me. Uh, you know if if someone gave me 20 books I would probably choose you know warfare history would be something like that would be one of the first ones I choose and politics in some extent the clause with doctrine's situation of war by other means here and I do think war and violence is a sort of backdrop here um, uh, that that sort of forms there and I am a political science major here I sort of chose that thing by default here I didn't really want um, I didn't really like the other degrees I say well you know this is this 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 is as good as any other degree here in a sense uh uh, which is kind of a jaded yet true uh, point here, unless you're getting an engineering degree to a certain extent where a lot of degrees are, you know, they're all basically the same um, um, in terms of like job placement and things like that. They're just, you know, just say you have the sheepskin or you don't. Um, so so I picked political science. That now, most political science professors don't have that much power. They're actually quite boring in a way. I mean, you have the John Mersheimers and other ones that are more interesting, but you just work for a think tank and it's like, well, you just you just sort of bake better versions of American public propaganda, or you work for some bureaucracy here. 
So there, maybe that's a cost being politically aware. But then this goes back to sort of the idea of the quote unquote truth or honor in a sense. You know, uh, if you have you have a statement and if, if an institution is working against that, you shouldn't really work for that. Um, now, there are certain problems within it. You know, should you take these benefits or should you work for related things? Um, but I, I would say if you, you don't have to, you shouldn't. Uh, and especially if you don't find it interesting. Um, and sometimes I don't find education as interesting um, because many students don't really care and are correct not to care. This is where I disagree in some sense with with um, Chomsky in a way uh, and Moldbug and Gottfried uh, in the sense that you know, the people who are politically unaware, I, I'm more like, well, that's great that you don't know that masks are stupid in a sense, in a weird sense it is, because like now, now, now you just put it on and you just go about, you know, that might be annoying. Or, or even take a war, for example, if there was a draft here in the United States. When Hillary, one of the reasons why I went out and voted for Trump and not just stayed home is I thought, well, this is, this is, there's, a, there's a chance that Hillary Clinton starts a war with Russia and I could get drafted. I was still a draft age class one in the United States. Um, and I was thinking, well, you know, but if you look at people who actually go to military service, it's not, again, this is an interesting thing where the conscientious injectors end up looking more unhappy in a weird way than the um, people who just go along, go to Vietnam or go to Germany or go to Japan. Um, you know, they get to experience whatever it is. And, you know, th there's a certain sense where maybe maybe that's maybe that's a, you know, a false dichotomy here. But, but, but back to the first question I asked here, what were you doing if you didn't, weren't doing this? Now, would you be making more consumer goods? Would you be working more? Uh, and would that be a better usage of your time if, of course, that's possible? Swithin? Um, I would probably, well, given the times that we use, I would probably read as m more than I currently do. Although, given the fact that we record typically in the evenings, at least for me, uh, I find that quite difficult, especially I've been working on a computer all day because that's basically what I do. So I might read more. Now, the stuff I would read would generally be political in, in various ways uh, or related to that. Um, although, just to note, I, I, I am a sports fan. Um, maybe I'm not as engaged as I was. Um, so predominantly soccer or football for the English uh, listeners. Um, and depending on how you go about it, um, well, I mean... It, there was an in, a very interesting sports book, which was basically the history of football tactics, soccer tactics from like the uh, the early the mid 19th century to the present day. Now, um, now why why does that have value apart from just football? Well, because really sports to a large extent are very similar to warfare. And the more you look, and this is also true of games, if you ever play things, well, actually, no, it's true of like um, a lot of RPG or shooter games. It's also true of board games. If you have a, a piece on a board, like you have a, a, a soldier in battle, the way you win is almost always about manipulation of space. You need to sort of move the space in such a way for, so you can get an advantage. And this is what sort of history of football formations and tactics were like. Well, you know, how do you get your um, how do you get your advantage over your opposition? And typically, what it is is just being getting into the right place. 
you know, manipulated such that you you are in the position where you can do the most damage. And then a lot of the time is how would you get to that position? And that's a lot of sort of battlefield tactics. So um, if you go that way with, with kind of sports, sports is actually useful. Because it, 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 it say is is very similar to a, a warfare. Um, so I would probably do some reading. Uh, if anything, I, I, I suppose I could be boring and watch more TV series uh, of various descriptions. Although my view of most TV series is very low, so I might just get fed up and not watch it. Um, so it would probably be some additional reading. Uh, there are some stuff I work on, right? Like uh, I, I edit the annual video of or of the individual family videos. So it's a bit of stuff like that. But I would probably could have turned out to do similar stuff. I shouldn't talk to you. Um, I, I think that would be specifically what I would be doing differently. One of the one of the troubles with with modernity here is that is that if technology if this kind of technology let's say we just wind back the clock to 2000 and I was this age and you were this age, uh, it might not be the case that we'd have this quote unquote relationship. But then again. People in real life wouldn't be also distracted by podcasts and other online venues that they wouldn't be um, that they wouldn't do this. There's a book. This this I guess is an example of the siloing of society for better or for worse. Um, um, insofar as you know, actually, strangely enough, not to get too much, we we might be vaguely, 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 vaguely related, vaguely um, in like the 20th degree here. Um, um, so there's a certain extent where uh, we uh, we have similar interests in a lot of uh, things here. So I do enjoy discussing here. And if, if we didn't have the internet, we suddenly go back or didn't have a good internet, I probably would find this in quote unquote real life, um, this kind of engagement here. But this is where I think Slavoj Zizek and some of the technoists are correct. That, that in a sense, engaging people on the internet is no different than engaging people on letters. It's just, it actually, it's actually superior to engaging people in letters or in engaging people in, um, televised debates and this is just the opening up of society via internet in some sense here um so we are taking advantage of that and we are using that um um so i might have done this i might have found you know i'm probably i might have been more engaged in college organizations or things like that if i wasn't if there was i didn't have the internet to be a giant uh magnet here and maybe actually the organizations would have been better because some extent the main event is the internet at this point it's her it's not it's not like there's some it's not like there's some environment here that's that's the in the online stuff in some weird sense is more important than the offline stuff in a, in certain you know political theological and social realms it it happens on the web you can hate that you can you can say that's a bad thing but that's just the way it is at this point i think i think that's broadly uncontroversial here um so you may as well get on and 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 the people that you know old people use their phones and listen to podcasts too you know go to you know they'll stare at you know the idea that people over 60 don't use their phones is false go to watch old they'll they actually i'd argue they actually in some sense might be worse off um by you know they they watch like fox and some of them just watch fox news or cnn if you're more of a liberal minded so i i do think getting more into it on a higher level is useful here um um so and if no one watched the show as zero, I still think it would be useful here to do because I do improve. I, I do improve my speaking. I do read more interesting things. I'm you forward me a number of articles, which I would have never found 
or would have even looked for that I thought were quite interesting here. Um, and and this is this is a number since I think in this sense that that we are taking advantage of the quote unquote event of progress here. Um, I don't I, I'm not I, in some sense I'm very sympathetic to the reactionary line here, but I but one of the benefits of progress is you can find people in random parts of the world that have very similar views to you or complementary in a sense. Um, um, and you can sort of dive off into topics here, although that might be a bug, of course. Uh, uh, that might be a bug, of course, in some broader sense, and it probably is. Um, but you may as well take advantage of the short term and medium term benefits here uh, insofar as, well, I'm not going to find someone who 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 has the same interest to in me in real life or very, very low probability. Uh, you know, most people, to the extent they know anything about politics, it's quite lame. Or it's even worse, I would view it as wrong here, and I sort of just have to hold my tongue and not argue with them. Of course, I could lose. Um, I mean, I, there are people I might be afraid of. That's another thing I find useful here. I won't, I won't name them publicly, but there are people that I said, well, if I was engaged in a public debate with here, and, and not merely on rhetoric points, because I might lose it on rhetoric points, I probably would, um, and, and it's charisma. I might lose, but what argument would I make if a socialist or Marxist came to me you know, or something like that, or what argument would I make? And that's that's what I think about here. If I, in an ideal world, what would I make to counter them? Um, so I do find that useful here. So even if no one listened to it, uh, I I do think it's interesting talking to you, um, since we do, since you forward me a number of interesting things. So that's my overall comments of why I do it. Um, um, and this is our hundredth episode. So Swithin, do you have any comments? Like, you know, what do you get out of it? And or any comments on my comments. That's my final comment there. Thanks for doing this show in general too. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy, I mean, I finding someone with sort of relatively similar uh, political social views is relatively small. Uh, my family is somewhat similar in certain respects, but I live quite far away from them now. Um, so yeah, um, finding somebody why that to talk to is somewhat difficult. I mean, I suppose, um, you know, you could rally together a few people at a pub occasionally, um, but um, uh, you need sufficient mass of population. I mean, in a major city, you could possibly do it. Uh, but outside of there with a very, very large population, being able to get enough people who are sort of sufficiently interesting or interested in and have similar points that you do, um, you know, you're not going to ha- not going to do it. So having uh, this outlet and you know just the internet in in general for sort of video chat means that I can stay relatively sane around people, as opposed to going, hang on, I now need to tell you in great detail why you are wrong, uh, because uh, that probably wouldn't be particularly useful. Um, it probably just made me annoyed, uh, but I kind of feel like I had to do it because I had no sort of outlet. So, yeah, even if um, a few people uh, did listen, uh, yeah, I I probably would would do this anyway. Uh, And on that note, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends and family. The more more subscribers we get, the higher we get in search rankings and more people can access material, which, of course, you know, more people listening, the better. Everything else has been equal. And uh, if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcryingliberty show at gmail.com. That's mindcryingliberty show at gmail.com. <laughs>